What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Coworking Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Alex Holman, and today we're talking about whether or not private offices and co-working space can actually go together. Hey, what's up, gang? I'm really excited to get into today's episode, but before I do, I want to talk a little bit about a question that I get all the time that drives me bonkers, and I'm still trying to figure out the best way to answer. And that question is something that if you've been to a co-working event, maybe you've heard before, is how many square feet is your co-working space? This question drives me completely bonkers. For me, it's like asking how much money do you make or what shoe size do you wear? Like, it doesn't actually matter for any interaction that I'm going to have on a daily basis. Even with prospective members of our co-working space, how many square feet we have, the answer to that question really doesn't matter. So my go-to answer has become a little bit snarky, and I've just been saying we've got plenty. But I'm really struggling with this. I'm really struggling with the fact that the go-to answer, this is almost like the hiccup or the burp. It's the reflex question to somebody who runs a co-working space is, how many square feet is your co-working space? It's, it's nonsense. It's, it's asinine. So if you've ever asked a fellow co-working space member or just somebody else who runs a co-working space, how many square feet is your co-working space? I'd encourage you to try another question. You know, ask them how many members they have or what kinds of people are in your community. Really almost anything other than how many square feet is your co-working space. A question that drives me insane and it doesn't help anybody. So with that out of the way, let's get into today's question. Natalie from the UK asks, do you think it's possible for the same sense of community and connections to form when a center is made up of co-working areas and private office spaces? So I know a little bit more detail about this question that I think is worth laying out there before we get into the answer. And that's, this is not just some office space that's going to have a mix of co-working space, open co-working space and private offices, which is what a lot of people are looking at, some sort of blend of the two. This is actually a much, much, much bigger project. More, I think they're calling it something like an innovation center, like an airport hangar-sized building with big open corridors and common spaces in between them and sort of uh, an interconnectedness of the smaller spaces, the private offices and things like that. At least that's the goal. And I know the question that they're really trying to get at is can something that big have that interconnected feel or what can they do to have it feel interconnected like that and I'm always thinking about other examples of places where that kind of interconnectedness happens one of the best examples I can think of is a college campus where you've got lots of buildings whether it's a small college campus or a big college campus whether it's standalone and isolated or sort of integrated into a city a college campus does an amazing job of being a place where people can move from place to place and bump into each other along the way. I think that's the key. That's where the real, when they talk about where innovation comes from, it's those serendipitous collisions. And I know that sometimes people are trying to measure, I would argue overmeasure things like collisions, but designing for collisions is actually super valuable. So I think it matters a lot less about whether it's private space or co-working space. It matters a lot less whether they're mixed or they're next to each other, with a couple of caveats that I'll get to in a second. It matters a whole lot more about how and why people are choosing to be there. If people are choosing to be there because it's an office that they can go into, and that's what they care about more than sitting next to other people, being around other people, then it's going to be tough to get people to actually have those sort of serendipitous collisions. The other sort of metaphor that I always use is thinking about you know some gyms 
do funny little tricks where they'll have pizza day and bagel day, which obviously if you're trying to lose weight are not really to the best advantage of what it is that you're trying to accomplish. It's good for getting people in the door and it's good for making people feel like they're getting something out of the membership they're paying for. But is it the thing that actually helps them get what they came there for, which in the case of a gym, hopefully is to be losing weight. So if you put a co-working space in that context or a shared workspace in that context, you've got to think about what is the person coming there for and how can you make sure that they're getting what they came there for. And sometimes that means putting things there that are different from what it is that they normally would have. The biggest problem with putting private offices in the same place as open co-working spaces, people are going to choose the thing that they're most familiar with. And most people are familiar with private offices. So when it comes to a sales situation or a tour situation where someone is coming through, a big open collaborative workspace that's got some private offices around the perimeter, whether or not they actually need private office space, they're going to be drawn to the private office space because it's familiar, because they've experienced it. So I don't think there's actually anything wrong with offering private offices, but you have to do so much more work to get people to interact in the co-working space when you put them next to each other. In the same way that there's nothing wrong with bringing pizza and bagels into the gym, but you have to do so much more work to get people on the exercise equipment and to use the exercise equipment effectively, even though you've brought them in the room using using the bagels and the, the pizza and things like that. So it's all about understanding incentives. It's all about understanding intent. It's all about making sure those things are, are in line. So going back to the college example, I think the reason college campuses work so well, regardless of their scale and in a lot of cases, regardless of their layout, is because the people are there for the same kinds of reasons. I think about freshman orientation. I think about college orientations. I think about the experience. I think colleges, in the best cases, are really good at bringing people who are prepared for a transition in their life or in their career into a new environment with other people who are also in that transition, whether at the very beginning or, or later stage. So if you think about a co-working space in sort of the same way, where the ideal people are people who are working on getting better at something, there's a transition in their life. Maybe they're already in it or they're working towards it, whatever it is, the people that are growing and evolving. I think that's what co-working spaces, who co-working spaces are actually best for. Try and think about the first run experience, whether that's the first moment that people land on your website or come in for a tour or experience your community. How can that be more like freshman orientation in a way? How can you help people feel a little more comfortable being disoriented? How can it be okay for them to be in an environment that is unfamiliar, but they will get familiar by participating in it? That's what college orientations are really, really good at. And what I think a lot of co-working spaces lack. So it's not about whether or not you can put private offices or open co-working space next to each other. At Indie Hall, we choose very strategically not to offer private offices, mostly because it confuses the message. It confuses the message of what we're about. We're about being a place where you can come to be around other people. If you want to rent a private office, there's other places you can go for that. It would be like going to a Chinese food restaurant and asking for Italian food, right? It's a mixed message. It's confusing. And so we want to remove options that confuse the message. That's why we choose to do it, and it works really well for us. I know people choose to add private offices because sometimes their community needs private offices. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But know that you have to work at helping people differentiate between the two and understand when to choose and use which. The last thing I want to say about private offices versus open co-working spaces, if you are adding private offices because you think that's where you can make more money 
and where you can offset the potentially perceived lower costs of co-working space, I'd encourage you to take a hard look at your business model to begin with. And the reason I say that is because the mistake that you're making is you're tying revenue to square footage, right? A private office, by nature of what it is, ties revenue to square footage, which will always be a limiter. And it's, it's an option, right? In the same way that renting conference room space is an option. That's another thing that we don't do at Indie Hall. We'll go out of our way to look for additional revenue streams that are not tied to square footage. And that's for two reasons. One is because once you're on that revenue stream, the only way to add more of that revenue stream is to add more square footage, which A, is costly in terms of overhead, but also sometimes just not possible. It's not really practical. So it's a limiter. We're introducing a limited revenue stream. It's a revenue stream nonetheless, but worse is that it creates a distraction from the value that we're able to create, right? And the value that we're able to create that's unique to what we do is the value that people are able, people in our community are able to create together and for each other. So I'm always looking for revenue streams that are based on bringing people together instead of helping people separate from one another. That's best aligned with our values. That's best aligned with what we're good at. It's best aligned with what I believe co-working in its best forms is good at. And introducing private offices because it's an easy way to make money is absolutely the worst reason to introduce private offices. Introduce private offices because it's a way for your community to accomplish something that it couldn't otherwise accomplish together. I don't know what that is. Maybe you've got an idea what it is. And if you've introduced private offices in a way that's actually been beneficial to your community working together better, I'd love to hear about it. <laughs>